Hi and welcome to The Three Good Podcast, a weekend podcast where I talk about all things to do with positive psychology, well-being, resilience, mental health and emotional intelligence. I'm your host, Sukhpavia. Happy Sunday folks, I hope you're doing well. Welcome to episode 40 of The Three Good Podcast. It's odd, it feels like that should be a milestone of some sort to have hit 40 episodes considering this uh, podcast started back in 2018 i think we're doing all right it's not one of these where i have regular recordings or regular episodes or a season or anything like that it's been enjoyable to do all the same so thank you for being with me on this journey so far So in today's episode, I want to discuss the comfort of avoidance and reliance on others. It's something I've been thinking about over this period of COVID is, I think one of the realizations that we've had over this period is how uncomfortable we are with our own company. And it's, it's quite a thing to think about because I think one of the, th- the benefits of having had the many other ways of carrying out our day have meant that we're all, in a lot of ways, we're being quite active. You know, you get up in the morning, do your routine, do your commute to work, if that's what you're doing, get to work, whatever that workplace might be, carry out a full day's of work. In the evening, maybe once or twice a week, there's something happening. And in many cases, throughout all of those different things, there's other things you're adding on top. You're either listening to a podcast or you're reading a book, listening to music, planning something, maybe doing some work. You're keeping yourself active because you're trying to keep on this treadmill of productivity or learning or just activity in in whatever that looks like for you and even when you're going to and from places it's with and around others there is you can see uh, there there are things happening around you people are walking on the streets they're stopping at the windows to look and see they're going into the shops they're on the bus they're on the train you're with them in a crowded atmosphere And we got really used to, we got so used to that just being the norm. Now, when we were forced, and we're still forced because we're in our third period of enforced lockdown. When we're forced to not have access to all of those things, I think what it unexpectedly did is called into question, well, who are we in the absence of all of these things? And that's not an easy question for people to, to want to answer. Because, and I think it comes down to several layers, there's a real avoidance factor of, do I really want to question who is, who I am without other stuff to define me? You know, so if I'm not going to the gym, because that used to be my activity, then who am I in the face of not going to the gym? If I'm not going out to the pub on a regular basis, because that's where I do my socialising, 
then where am I going to do my socializing and who am I in the absence of that? If I'm at home all the time with my children and I value that time away from them, who am I when I'm there full time and I have them all the time with me? There are so many questions and I think what we haven't, what we were never expected to do was to do this. We were never expected to lock down. And because of that, I think what we've um, ended up in is a situation where it's hard to really pull, get through in a positive way because we feel that we're being put on. And we are, right? For sure we're being put on. You know, we, we didn't choose for this to happen. We didn't choose to be in a situation where we have to be in lockdown with one um, by ourselves in many cases. And that choice of, is this what I want to happen for my life? You know, where, where people have chosen to take that isolated life, they've done so knowing that they can do that. And not just knowing they can do it, but like, there's a sustainability about that because you can build in the resilience around you so that when you need to go and get supplies, if you need to contact somebody, if you need to continue um, work in some way, like you, you, you're enabled to do those things. But when you've been forced into that situation and where your home life and your, or, or the, um, yeah, the working from home situation is not what you would choose to do. On top of which, we we are not comfortable in in this extreme isolation. It really, I think it calls into question the material nature of uh, of modern day living. Which I know has been spoken about a lot, right? So I'm not going to get into the whole is materialism a good thing or a bad thing or anything like that. What I'm more what I'm more focused on at the moment is how do we learn about our own resilience? Because I think when we ask questions around, well, what am I doing to keep myself well? It really brings up important questions on, well, what are the situations or the conditions that I'm avoiding that I don't want to confront, I'm actively staying away from, which if I, if I addressed them, and if I took the time to resolve those, I could enable my resilience to be better, but it's a hard journey. It's not a set of easy choices. And throughout lockdown, I know this situation has been hard for many, many people. And I think one of the uh, things around it being so hard is that a, a stark um, mirror being held up to us to say, well, this situation you're in is, uh, is not what you need to be well. And you can choose to do something about it, but it's going to be a hard journey. And if you want to come out of it, you have to find that strength from somewhere. And in the and I, and I think what's happened in the build up to that is we've had years of reliance on others. And I'm going to put a caution there. Sometimes 
we haven't been in that position where we've had a reliance on others. Sometimes we've been in a position where we have been coerced into a situation or forced into a situation that is not of our own making. So certainly we've it's been well documented over this period of lockdown that cases of domestic abuse and domestic violence have risen because domestic abusers have now full control over what they are making their um, the, the people they're with what they're making them do i refuse to call them partners because they are not partners the domestic abusers are abusing and they are causing harm to others willingly so I, I really want to place a caution on um on my on my sentence around um or my thought around the reliance on others in that i fully recognize there are people out there who have not chosen to be in this situation and if they could they would leave or they would not or if they could they would choose for a better outcome or a better solution for themselves so i just want to recognize i i absolutely understand that, that is a reality for a good number of people and i hope that they have a way to be able to uh, escape their situations and find the support they need to be able to not be in those um, abusive relationships so where I am talking about is in the, the cases where, in the main, the, the situation is either of our own choosing or it's been a build-up of things over years, which meant that actually we've be become quite reliant on the way that others work with us, treat us, that we partner with them. So it could be that you're house sharing uh, with a group of others and you might be in a position to be able to move on and move out, but actually... Um, the, the reliance of others' income supplementing yours so that you're not paying a full rent or a full set of bills means that it's better to be with other people financially. But actually for yourself, what you might need for your own growth and for your own development is to not be in that kind of situation, but to um, change that if it's possible for you to do so. It could be that you're in a situation where... Um, you're reliant on the local community and support because you ha yeah, that's what you need, right? Let's say it's for childcare purposes. And without that, it means that the burden is then on you to be doing the parenting in a full manner, which you may not have the resources or the personal capacity to do. So there's reasons to be reliant on others. And I, I completely understand it. In the modern world, we have many options to be reliant on others. And and, I, and I'm not meaning it in any kind of negative way. It's in many ways it can be a very helpful thing. But I think what it what that's done um, uh, without realizing is um, it's taken away some of our agency. It's taken away some of our ability to understand what it means to be resilient in this type of situation. And again, I want to really put a caution here. I'm not. I, I'm talking. I'm fully understanding that there are situations where people will have less capacity, either because of um, poor financial status, socioeconomic status, where they're living in the world, who they're around, uh, their working situation, where a lot of what I'm talking about just may seem completely inaccessible. 
and it may seem like a real privilege to be able to consider, well, are these things possible? And not just possible, but you know, just exactly how much privilege is attached to not being in these types of situations. And, and I'm not dismissing any of that either. You know, it's um, there, there is a lived reality out there, which I think part of the problem of empathy that we have with many people in this current situation is it's really hard to understand what a personal situation someone else might be going through is because they are uh, because it's too removed from your own situation. So I want to come back to um, just the, the, the piece I started to go down and and like I said you know I don't think that being reliant on others is necessarily a bad thing it's it's enabled us to be able to live in a particular kind of way because those are the choices we've made and I think unwittingly we've created a situation where having had lockdown enforced on us it then really calls into question what does that personal level of resilience look like when we haven't had to explore that before and again, I'm not saying this in a critical way. I'm not saying this in a, oh my God, that's isn't it so bad that we haven't created our own resilience? Because for the last 20, 30 years, things in the UK certainly, probably more actually, have been only in, in kind of uh, a growth stage where we've been able to take advantage of many, many modern conveniences. and And through that, have uh, a more I, I wouldn't say fulfilled life necessarily but certainly we we haven't had to test ourselves with our personal resolve in a way that we may have needed to back in like the 20s 30s 40s and so I think the the two things are starting are certainly starting to become more prevalent and by the two things I mean one is avoiding you know the comfort of, of avoidance where for many years, we haven't had to really confront, well, how am I growing as an individual? We've been able to be fairly, uh, or rather, we've been able to take advantage really easily of the many things around us to occupy our minds without taking the time to really understand, well, who am I as an individual? What do I need to grow? Who do I need around me to be well? And what kind of life am I building for myself where I'm happy, I am resilient, and my well-being is looked after? In a lot of ways, we haven't really looked after those questions. Even though people may be going to the gym, eating healthy diets, following a spiritual path or what have you, those things are all wonderful, really good activities. If you were doing them before and you're looking forward to those happening again, I'm totally with you. I think what they raise is the questions around how am I comfortable just me, myself and I with myself when I'm not, when I can't do anything else and all I'm left with is just my own company. And those questions of being in your own company, I think, you know, they raise really important questions, self-awareness type questions of um, you know, being comfortable with your own thoughts. You know, there have been quite a few conversations I've had with people over the last year or so where people have said to me, yeah, I, sometimes I think too much. 
and I overthink things. And actually, I don't think that it's a case that people are thinking too much or they're overthinking things. I think it's that people are realizing there is a lot of thinking that they can do that they haven't had to do before. And now they're in a space where they can, um, there is freedom for the mind to just go there, whether or not you're expecting that to happen. And in going there, in allowing, or rather, in our thoughts just unfolding and doing what they need to do, because just that's just how the mind works, we're left with thoughts and questions about stuff which we may not before have had a need to discuss. And now we're, I think, in a position where we're starting to think about things and in the absence of um, having those other activities, we don't have, you know, essentially what's happening is, uh, or rather as an analogy to be able to describe it, space is being freed up in the mind and it's being filled up by natural thought. And what we need to, I think, I think what we need to do is relearn how to accept these thoughts and follow them through and think and just allow them to unfold. At the same time, we need to find a way to be able to discuss our thoughts with trusted others, because I think it's in the discussion of stuff with our friends, family, loved ones, that we're able to explore our thoughts. You know, it's the exploration of our thoughts is what allows us to articulate, express, say things, interrogate them, figure it out, and come to some kind of next stage of thinking. And it can happen by yourself. You know, many good philosophers over time have shown us that with discipline and commitment to a thinking process, you can build the thinking capacity to a really powerful stage. Most of us aren't trained to be able to do that. And we don't have the personal discipline or commitment to do that either, let alone the time because of many other commitments that we have. So there is certainly something here, I think, about how in our own general development, you know, when we have had things like education, work life, home, personal lives, all of those different situations, and they've allowed us to grow, they've allowed us to develop in, in many ways. I think one of the things we, we, we're now coming to is how do we enable the capacity for people to be personally resilient? Because situations like this, where they were completely unexpected and they threw us such a curveball that we're now all having to figure out, well, what does that mean for me? How do I how do I live well in this type of situation? And for sure, there are already practices out there that can help us with this. Meditation, mindfulness, yoga, Pilates, home workouts, reading, yeah, as all good activities to keep the mind active but also to um, allow it to focus and be present and so sure right we already have well-established practice around all of these things so I don't think it's that there's a lack of options for what we can do to occupy the mind and um, and not just occupy the mind but be comfortable with our own thoughts 
Um, and it's not like we, you know, uh, we haven't got the learned people out there to be able to help with us in this way as well. I think it's more about taking a step back from that to be able to say, folks, it's okay to have your thoughts. It's okay to live with yourself and your own thinking potential and capacity. And I'm reluctant to make sweeping statements around things like what we've seen happen in the last couple of weeks with in America with the riots against the Capitol building and how it seems to be a group of people who um, followed what they thought was being told to them to do, an edict, that they were allowed to go ahead and storm the building and asked another way if it wasn't them if you were to ask those same people would they condone such behavior they would in all likelihood say no they don't condone that but they're in the situation where they're actively doing this and i don't think it's because it was a lack of thinking i think it i think there might be other things at play there um and like i said i'm cautious not to make sweeping statements here of Oh, well, it's, it's, this is the root cause, because I can't say that. I don't know that. I haven't researched it. And besides, it's too soon to be able to making those kind of um, assumptions or judgments either. Similarly, in the UK, you know, we have lots of people who are denying the impact of COVID. And again, I don't think it's because they're unthinking. There's something else at play here where I, uh, and it's, I think it's complicated about the impact of COVID and what is ha what's happening to us. So in this episode, I'm quite cautious and I'm aware that there's many ways that people are experiencing this loneliness and this isolation and lockdown that we're facing. And, uh, you know, I don't want to um, deny the reality that people are having. Um, and, and in the main, I'm talking about the people for whom, in the absence of not having other things to do, they get drawn into rabbit holes. You know, I, I see too many th situations in social media, too many situations across Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, where people are going down rabbit holes of misinformation, disinformation, fake news, conspiracy theories. And all of that um, leads to quite heightened levels of hard conversations, people being angry with each other, a lot of emotions running high, and it's really hard to pull back out of that and allow yourself to just work through, well, where am I at with this? What is it I think needs to happen? And how can I develop my cap capability to ride this wave without getting caught in these traps? And and I think one of the things that COVID has done is given people a um, something to hold on to. It's given them something to think about in the absence of, or rather, it's given them something to think about in order to avoid the discomfort of being by themselves. And I think this is part of the challenge of where we're at. We've got a situation where people are so uncomfortable in being by themselves with their own thoughts, with their own thinking, that they find comfort in these many 
ways of um, finding out fake news, misinformation, disinformation, etc. And that is more comforting to them rather than sitting there and allowing themselves to just have their own thoughts, work through stuff in their own way, and not have to have reactions to it where you're putting out information which is potentially causing more people harm. I think that's quite a thing. <laughs> this is my own take on it, right? I haven't done research on this. I've not um, seen any particular studies done on this. This is my own thinking around what we've understood about resilience over the years, what we've understood about practices like mindfulness and meditation. And actually, this is drawing on from um, uh, the work of a, um, a mindfulness practitioner uh, called Alan Wallace. I heard him speak, I think it was back in 2016. And one of the things that he said in his talk, which sticks with me, remains with me, is that people are so uncomfortable with their own thoughts that they would rather play a game of solitaire than sit there by themselves. And that really has stuck with me because what he went on to say was that solitaire is a really useless game. It doesn't achieve anything. All you're doing is just essentially sorting cards out in an interesting way. And people find more comfort in doing that, a properly mindless activity, rather than sitting there and allowing themselves to work through their own thinking. And I just want to keep, I just want to hold on to that for a moment. That's how uncomfortable we are. And I think COVID's exacerbated that to an extreme, which we never expected to be in this type of situation. And now we're here. I think it really speaks to, I think it speaks to a truth there about that level of discomfort. And it's the comfort of avoidance, right? It's that I don't know if I can get through where I need to be because I don't know if I've got the resilience because I don't. I've never needed to test, be tested in this way before. Because I've never been able, needed to be tested in this way before, I don't know where I draw on from that well of resilience to be able to move through. How do I have the strength? How do I have the courage to be able to pick up and live in a better, stronger way? And I think one of the things that we can easily forget in this whole situation is... As a, as a country in the UK, certainly, we're facing um, one of the worst cases of COVID across the globe. And yet, through it, we are pulling through. You know, latest figures are we're at 88,000 deaths in the UK as a result of COVID. That is, an, that is a devastating figure. And it is incredibly hard to think that we have arrived at a situation where things are precarious for us and I'm not I'm not going to touch on um, the handling of COVID throughout it's what I do want to talk about is there are many people who have who have found that level of strength and resilience to pull through but they probably don't recognize it for the last year and I uh, yeah since March last year we've had people having to find numerous ways to either live with 
um, people full time work uh, work a job uh, where you're at constantly at the front line thinking about NHS workers in particular working in a supermarket situation where things are constantly changing in terms of the rules and how that's working not just supermarkets retails all of our frontline care workers key workers having to do you know having to deal with the public day in day out in the face of public health crisis and for all the people who needed to continue to work and uh, the many ways in which that work has had to unfold and not just those but everyone who's having to shield and be at home isolate be excluded and can't be with others um, during hard times enjoyable times yeah we've seen weddings happen on zoom we've had funerals happen on zoom and all of that i think has shown to us that there are ways to get through they're not ideal it's not what any of us would choose to do and there are many countless ways in which we would probably want to do all of those things in very many different ways yet we found a way to get through it and i think there's some real power there of resilience that we haven't really understood not well enough you know i think people may be able to appreciate that yes i've got through and that's great and they should totally be proud of that and we all should be proud of that um and what i i, I guess what that starts to enable or what that starts to push for in my mind is how do we continue to allow people to build because one they're doing it already two there is something there about how we do that meta level of thinking of you've got through in this way examine that for a bit because that's where you get your resilience from by being able to look back on the last year to say what did i do to get through that's a powerful set of questions because it allows you to consider well did i do things in the right way did i do things as were best for me and if i didn't then what could i change about those situations where i might have control because i think that's one of the key things that has really come through for me is that we're really starting to also understand what can i control and what is completely out of my control and what's the circle of influence i have and those of you who are in the um, psychology or learning development space will know about the circle of control and the circle of influence and essentially what it talks about is when things feel out of control when things feel like they are too much it's important to be able to draw yourself back and ask yourself what, can, what are the things i can control immediately or in my immediate sphere of control i can control my day-to-day -day behaviors i can control my day-to-day -day patterns and routines i can control the things i cook the walk i go on the work i'm doing my family situation or my home situation how i am with my friends you know the daily activities i choose to do my wellness my self care i can control all of those things what are the things that are out of my control 
the many ways that we are being directed right now, completely out of our control. The global news out of our control. The many different situations that people are facing with um, hardships out of our control. So if it's out of our control, it's not that we shouldn't pay attention to them, but we can establish a way to be able to say, I can't control for those things. I can control how I react to those things. So if I'm fine, if I if I find a way to be able to bridge a, uh, empathy, that's a good thing. If I find a way to be able to have compassion, that's a good thing. If I find a way to be able to build kindness in my actions, that's great. And what those things start to do is they start to create a circle of influence because you can influence things. You can influence how you choose to behave. You can influence others in the way that they are reacting. You can influence others. You can influence the situation if you think that more people need to be aware of something. So certainly social media has helped us to raise some really important concerns. In the last week, we've seen in the UK uh, the use of school meal vouchers being uh, abused by uh, um, the people who are meant to be in charge. And it's got overturned because of people like Marcus Rashford and Jack Monroe, who created such a, a, um, a media presence around the inequality of what was happening in that situation, that it's been rectified and resolved, which is a great example of influence. And so I think from that, we can also recognize then that um, we all have capacity to be able to control and influence in different ways. And it's important to be able to recognize what is my con what is my level of control? What's my level of influence? And also what are the things that are out of my control? Because once we recognize there are certain things out of our control, I think that what that enables is, I think what it allows for is um, a different level of thinking about what we can do about that situation, about those things. So if we take COVID as a, as a prime example, there are lots of people who deny that COVID is having a disastrous impact. And uh, whether or not that's a valid line of thinking, I'm not interested in. But what I'm more interested in is how do we build compassion and kindness to find out what the concern is around those people. Because it's not about how do we change everyone's perception on it, but if it's someone in your circle, what's their concern? If they're raising concerns about this situation, what is it that they are trying to keep a hold of? How do we help them with that? And I think that's the important set of compassionate and empathetic questions and behaviors that we can uh, we can control and we can therefore influence as well. So today's topic is it's a bit of a an esoteric one, right? It's a bit of a broad one where it's touching on things which aren't necessarily so tangible. We're talking about things around control, influence, avoidance behaviors, how do we build resilience in times of uh, when we're already facing hardship? And I think there's some, several things that I would just want to kind of recap on before I wrap up. One is it is very easy to 
carry out avoidance behaviors. And related to that, for many people, it's really uncomfortable to just be with your own thinking because we don't know how to sit there with our own thoughts. We've so used, we've been so used to filling our lives with activity that to suddenly be there and just sit on your own can feel quite, well, it does. It feels lonely and isolating. Uh, that aside, it can also just feel like I don't know what I'm meant to do because I've never had to enable this. I've never had to practice this before. So there's something there. There's also then um, this reliance that we have on others. And that reliance on others, I think, has meant that we've created a situation where we, uh, we haven't had to, we've not needed to figure out or understand what kind of resilience reserves do I have for myself? And I think what the last year has proven is many of us have very deep reserves of resilience. We didn't know we had, and we've pulled through and we've got through as best as we can. So I just want you to recognize that if you're listening to this and if you're hearing that, I want you to recognize that for yourself and for others around you who may need to hear the same as well. And then I just want to kind of come back to this piece on control, influence, what we can't control. There is certainly something there, I think, to think more about. What can I control? How can I control for that as is best for me? How can I influence so that others are also being positively affected? How can I withdraw from the things that are affecting me negatively? Which we haven't really touched on in today's episode, but it's just something I want to mention here towards the end. There are many things that are out there that do affect us negatively. So how do we pull away from those? How do we pull back from those so that I don't let the, we don't let those things consume us? We don't let those things overtake our thinking, but we are allowed to think them. Just because you're having hard thoughts or negative thoughts doesn't mean that they are bad or doesn't mean that they are unhelpful. We're allowed to have them. You're allowed to think them. The way to work through them is to talk about them. And this is what I was saying earlier about finding that trusted person, friend, loved one, partner, colleague, to be able to talk about these things. Because that's how we unlock things in our own thinking and we also understand ourselves better. So folks, I'm going to wrap up there. hope it's been an interesting one for you to think about. Please do uh, come back and let me know. I'm always interested to know how you guys are affected by the content I put out there. The Three Good Podcast is available on Podbean, it's on Spotify, it's on um, Amazon and on Google as well. So please do have a look for it in those different places. If you're enjoying it, please do comment, like. Uh, obviously, it's on Apple Podcasts. So you can uh, like uh, let other people know. You know that you're you're paying attention to this and that it, it, you like it in some way, uh, which I would appreciate as well. And folks, continue to be well. Right? These are the the most bizarre of times. And my return to the podcast is to hopefully help put content out there that helps us to work through this collective situation that we're in. Be well. Goodbye, folks. Take care, and I'll see you on the next episode.